Yo, what up? Welcome to Free Refills Podcast, where we come together as youth leaders to discuss the realities of leading in youth ministry. Our hope is that you leave refilled, refueled, and re-energized to carry on in ministry. I'm your host, Boss. I'm joined by my co-host, Dusty. Yes, sir. And Nick. Hey, how's it going? And each month, we will have a special guest to join us in our conversation. And this month, we are honored to have our guest, Julia. Julia, would you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself as we intro into this? Yeah, um, Julia Tucker. A lot of people know me by Jules or PJ. Um, and I am originally from North Carolina, you know, Tar Heel State, where we hoop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am married to uh, Demario Tucker. That's my hubby, you know, my boo thing. Um, but we've been married for like, shoot, I think this year is 11 years. Yeah, this year marks 11 years. Wow. Uh, we've got one son and we have one on the way due in July. And uh, uh, I feel like the second child is going to be super active, like my first one, my son. Uh, and um, man, I've been in ministry at Transformation Church. Um, I came out to Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, for college and ended up staying and um, became a uh, the executive pastor, one of the executive pastors alongside my husband at Transformation Church when um, Pastor Mike and Natalie became the lead pastors. And um, since our growth and boom, um, I am now the next gen pastor. And so I oversee everything from young adults down. Uh, and so, yeah, that's just like a little bit about me, I think. You know, I might pull out some rapper skills here today. We'll see what uh -oh. happens since there's no ball court. I heard Dusty hooped a little bit. I'm still waiting to get on the court with him. I can't do it right now, but, uh, no. you know. <laughs> well, I need to get I, – I, that means I have time to get in better shape. You do. And, you do. and, and tighten that skill up because, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not that by any means. <laughs> like, I, I can confirm you know. that. <laughs> I can confirm that, that he does hoop, and uh, he might not be – the greatest, but he, he is a good big man down low, for sure. <laughs> That's all we need. That's, That's all we need. <laughs> that, so, side, side note, we did play basketball. Me and Boss got to play basketball together at a staff a staff deal up in Indy. And when Boss got on the court, me and him somehow ended on the same team. And it was just – it was like Shaq and Kobe. It was like <laughs> whatever big, big man and, like, point guard you want to put in. Like, everybody else – Everybody else was embarrassed, and and our team's gonna hear that. And but you know, then they can just get better, right? Challenge. That's they it. better just excel. Accept the challenge. I came in with flip flops and realized we were playing ball, so I was like, oh, I'm gonna get rid of my flip flops and I play barefoot because you played barefooted and, oh, and dominated everyone. Shoot. So so yeah, Julia, man, we we really appreciate having you. We're gonna do so. Nick and I are gonna do some like this some some funny just Q and A just yeah. to get to know you a little bit better, and then we're going to jump into our topic. But our first question is this, like, what was your favorite childhood show? Uh, I don't know. Uh, who's the boss? Oh, yeah? Okay. I, okay. I, I mean, I was all over the place as a kid. Okay. I didn't do cartoons. No, okay. I, I had a student, like, two years ago legitimately think – that the lyrics to Tiny Dancer was Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. And it was <laughs> one of the greatest conversations ever. Because I'm like, this kid's, he, he doesn't understand who's the boss. How do you even know who Tony Danza is? But made my day. Love it. That's, That's awesome. Wild. Okay, so who's the boss? Okay, so next question. Uh, what superhero 
best describes you, like Ooh. your personality. So if you had to like pin your personality mm. to a superhero. Dang, that's okay. Uh, ooh, that's a tough one, man. Um, gives me Storm. Oh, nice. You know, I'm gonna pick a chick. So uh, okay. <laughs> uh, give me give me a mix of Storm and Batman, maybe. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So now I need to know. So give me the give me the reasons for Storm and then the reasons for Batman. I mean. Storm is dope. Yeah, you know, her powers were dope too. <laughs> uh from from that end, I mean, she was she was bossing it up for sure. Uh Batman, I mean it's Batman. Yeah. Nick Nick gets Nick gets a bit out of shape between Marvel and DC, but we won't get out of it. Get out of it <laughs> out there. But I think the only DC person he allows into this conversation is Batman. It's so, true. It's true. Um let's see, biggest okay, so like this is like your hot take biggest pet peeve biggest pet peeve okay so like i think my biggest pet peeve would be jeez okay <laughs> so this kind of personal when my <laughs> husband clips his fingernails and does not put them in the like like do it over a toilet a trash can or something like I, I don't know if y'all do that. <laughs> like, dude, can it go somewhere else, though? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know. Uh, your, your husband's going to love this. This is awesome. He knows it. This is awesome. And this is the last podcast that she'll be allowed to go to. <laughs> so. You're like, you said that? That is so funny. No, I, I think, you know, I think we all have, we all have pet peeves. I think my wife. You know, I don't know if I do that. Now it's gonna happen. I have to go home and do some self-reflection. Um, she does. She tells me enough. She actually has a note that's written on over there that says, "Talk slower on podcasts." That was that's her <laughs> advice to me. There. Yeah. Um, okay. So because it's free refills. Yeah. So soda options, drink options. How many? How often? I mean, now you, I know you're expecting one, so it's gotta be water. So I mean. Okay, so my all-time favorite, like, drink, uh -huh. San Pellegrino. It's a little bougie for most people. That's what they say. Uh, <laughs> okay. I have no idea what that is. No, I have no idea. You don't know what San Pellegrino is? Not a clue. Or you don't know what bougie is? I, I know what... <laughs> okay, let's clarify. Fair, fair question. Uh, I don't know whatever the drink choice she said. <laughs> I don't even want to try to pronounce it. Man, okay, uh, San Pellegrino, it's like a soda. Okay. And they have like, I forgot where it's from, like, I don't know if it's Canada or what, it's almost like we clearly Canadian came back. Okay. I was pumped, except it's not <laughs> It's not clear. But you got a bunch of different flavors from pomegranate to tangerine, mm -hmm. like it, it is my all time favorite drink, hands down. I got one at the office, I drunk one this morning. Okay. Don't judge me. All right, I will be on that. As he, we're educated. Educating. All right, Nick, you want to ask? All right, me? here we go. Um, if money and, and time was not an issue whatsoever, yeah. what is the number one hobby that you would want to pick up and learn? You can't say balling because you, you like that's not a hobby. That's what you. That's like that's like life. That's what we do. That's what you do. Uh, man, 
Can I lump it together in a category? I'm going to say like all outdoor winter slash water sports. Because mm, okay. one, they're expensive as a mug. <laughs> uh, but two, they're super dope. So yeah. like snowboarding, yeah. jet ski. Have you ever been skiing or snowboarding? I haven't been skiing. Skiing is on my deal. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, I've done jet skiing. Yeah. That's about it. I have not done anything on snow other than sledding. So... That's like on a real sled or makeshift? A combination of, of all things. All like things. trash can. Like <laughs> yeah. Yep. A train from the lunchroom. Well, like Dusty said, we'll jump into this conversation because I'm sure that we could sit around and talk and ask random questions all day long. But that's not why we're here. Uh, we're here because we wanted to talk about this month's topic focused on women in ministry and women specifically women in youth ministry and what that's like, because I don't know if you've noticed or not, we look around and it's a male dominated area yeah. and we wanted to gain a perspective because I don't personally know what it's like to be a woman in youth ministry or a woman in ministry. Um, neither does Dusty and neither does Nick. So we're here to learn and we're here to ask questions. Um, we're not the experts at all and never, never will claim to be. So, Julia, we're so glad you're with us to have this conversation. Um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm definitely glad to be here. And I'm actually glad that you guys even thought about having this topic. So, yeah, it's awesome. We've been looking forward to this for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. I think when we all three of us and um, a few others, when we landed on it, we thought, is this what we should do? And I think everything inside of us was saying, yeah, we need to talk about this and, yeah. and have this conversation so that we can have more of these conversations around the nation and in our communities um, and be better because we're all yeah. better together and we need, we need each other and we not only need each other, but we want each other at the table. That's how, that's what makes us better. And full disclosure, like when we were like actually vision casting this whole deal, like when we were just kind of throwing topics out, out at the wall and seeing what was sticking, like this was like our top, like our top three to top five yeah. that we like, we, this has to be discussed. And so that being said, that's why it's like a transparency, like all the other topics are going to be good too. <laughs> but like this was in our top five, to top three that we really knew that we needed to talk about. Yeah. So yeah, we again, we're, we're ready and we're, we're just ready to learn, be educated. So to start us off, I think, a good way to start rather than just like jumping in full force. I'm all about that, but I don't know if our listeners are all about that. They kind of <laughs> need to be eased into it. So give us a little bit of background for yourself of how you got into ministry and how that came about. Man. So um, I'll say probably when I was younger, I remember in North Carolina serving in um, at our church uh, I, that's probably where I first started. So even though my parents may not have gone to church, they always sent us to church, you know, you ride the bus, the yellow bus to church um, or whatever. And um, some of the first times I remember I got an opportunity to, um, to speak and uh, it was kind of like the first, like, okay, cool. Now I never thought I was called to be a pastor or any of those different things. Um, but I knew that, um, that I would do some kind of form of ministry. I thought it was going to be more marketplace ministry and maybe do some stuff on the side. Always been passionate about youth because I felt like that was a voice that wasn't heard. Um, and also it didn't seem like many people cared. Um, and so that was kind of my first uh, take. And then when I came out to college, 
Um, I got with a, a, a church here in the city and got a chance to, to wrap up there and do a bunch of different stuff. And uh, rapping was probably my, my main, you know, thing and going around and doing that. And, uh, and then after a while uh, at TC, I just served and served with our youth department. I love the fact that they, um, uh, at the time it was, uh, Pastor Mike Hill was a youth pastor. And I was like, man, I love it because they really valued the voice of the youth and kind of pouring into them. Uh, and then over some time, just being consistent and diligent, um, the next step from there that I didn't know was that, you know, we were going to become pastors there at TC. So it's kind of the journey in a short kind of nugget. Yeah. I mean, like, so when that first time when you got to, got to teach and preach, what was that that feeling maybe leading up to it or even afterwards for yourself like was it was it affirming for you did you walk away with a different type of confidence like how did that work man um you know the first time was it was it was crazy because it was our youth sunday but it was it was like the main service so there was a few of us speaking so i remember i was super nervous and then um i'll say probably the one that was a little bit more of a confirmation was the second time i spoke um i mean i was all things basketball i was going to be first woman in the nba just like that was that was the goal that was the focus and uh and i say that because the second time i spoke i actually had to speak in a wheelchair and i had to deal with like a lot of um this sounds weird, but I had to deal with a lot of shame and all that because I'm like, man, I'm looking all weak and soft, laid up in this wheelchair, legs all lifted and everything else. Um, but I had been asked to speak at this youth conference and, you know, I'm in high school at this time and it was it was humbling. Um, and also I knew that I couldn't bail out of it, um, but that it was something that God was calling me to do. And so I think uh, that was a time frame where it was like, yeah, this is, this is an element of what, what you're called to do, you know, and I, I had to come to grips with like, uh, <laughs> screw what you're feeling like and, and think that mm-hmm. other people are perceiving perceiving and go out and do it. And it, cause it's not about you, you know? So I think, I think that was probably one of the main ones. Yeah. Okay. So you walk away from that. You go like, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. What were the conversations like when you started voicing that was there were there people going like go for it girl or were there like you gotta hold up um i don't even know that i voiced anything at that time to be honest i mean i came off to school um thinking i was going to become one uh, <laughs> many talents but uh i i came off to go to school and become an orthopedic surgeon i was going to do music as well and um i was going to speak i mean it was all these different giftings and talents that i sure. felt like i had i remember i think it was like my i want to say it was my freshman year or sophomore year of high school and i was like asking my teacher what do you do when you're talented at so many things and i mean i was an all-around athlete so i played ball um played varsity it was good at that i played varsity softball was good at that i did track you know and i loved speaking and and i did music so it it was kind of hard early on to try and figure out like is there just one main thing and you know that was a a a pretty decent battle all the way up um i I was never discouraged not to chase after dreams um or anything like that and i think um 
you know, some of the roadblocks that came in, uh, came into play uh, were more internal uh, in a sense of like how I would process different things, you know? And then other times it was like, and I'll use basketball probably because it's like one of the easiest words, but um, I grew up in a military town and I would go to the gym and noonday gym time, you got all the military, you got the dudes or whatever. They try to kick me off the court. Well, I got to stay at my ground, you know? And (laughs) I remember my dad came one time and this guy, he was like, yo, you need to get your daughter. He was like, nah, she can handle her own. And this dude just tried to catch me the wrong way. And I was all about, mm-hmm. like, nobody's finna just shut me down or not allow me to go be great, you know? Yeah. And so I think that kind of helped me to push. But it's always, even now, it's, there's certain things that I have to rehearse, you know, in my mind so that I don't shrink back. So I just want to say, you know, I don't know the relationship with, with your family or your parents, but, like, Hey, I, I have a daughter, you know, <laughs> two years old. I hope that I have the confidence that your that your father had to say no, no, yeah. like because it, it could have gone the opposite direction. Yeah. I I think the opposite direction there. I think like what does he teach you by saying yeah, you know, Julie, get, a, get go sit down or go back home or whatever. Yeah, like what does that teach you? I mean, I that might even that might even plant some seeds in you to have that confidence to be kind of step into something like yeah. this in the first place. So, yeah, I mean, props to that for sure. Man, it's crazy because just as you were saying that, I think it was, it was how he allowed me to be involved because like when I was little, I'm talking about like toddler or five, six, seven, somewhere around there. I remember my dad playing at the gym and I remember me and my brother being there. And I remember I would get on the basketball court, you know, and he never was like, okay, you need to go somewhere else. Hey, go sit down over there. But if there was a break or something like that, he would let me shoot or do different stuff like that. And so it was never like, Nah, over there or no you can't you can't play ball which is you know might be considered uh more of a guy sport mm. um from that end so i think though that was just like even a little moment that's what i thought of when he said that now granted i remember the first time i beat my dad with his own shot and so you know i talk a lot of junk <laughs> and stuff so you know he no, learned like on the court we would we would we would go at yeah. it you know and so it i think those things helped yeah <laughs> to wow, say the least that's good that's good yeah, no, I, I've got three daughters too, and I'm—I mean, I'm right there with you, Dusty. That's the front of my mind was like, man, that's the kind of dad I want to be. I want to be able to encourage them to step into anything. My my oldest right now is watching hockey with me on a regular basis, and that's her biggest question: is, am I going to be able to play hockey? Yeah, and because she loves the San Jose Sharks because I raised her right, but. There's, there's no girls on that team. And she, she struggles with that thought at five right now. Um, with that kind of in, in my mind, like, when, how do you see, like, for us, when we look at ministry and it being, really, it is, it is still a guy's game, essentially, right? And, yeah, man, how do, you, how do we keep that from being something that, that my daughters or any young girl says, man, can I do that? It, it looks to be like, it's just guys. How do we, how do we help with that mindset? You know, um, in thinking about that, I think it's that you have to create the space for them. Um, and for us, I say them, but for us, um, I remember, and this kind of goes back to a conversation I had with, with my husband. Um, and, what, what I love about him, like from the beginning of our marriage, 
um, God told him to support me in anything that I did. Mm. Support, support, support. And that he didn't have to worry about me not supporting him. So whether it was like making a studio or going and playing or going and speaking, he's always supported me in that uh, from that instance. And what it showed me was that my husband created space for me to become who God has called me to become, you know? And so if I, if I think about that, even in ministry, I thought about this a few years ago, actually. I said, it's, it's difficult for women um, or young girls to find other women in ministry to look up to. Mm. You can find men all the time, um, you know, your role models and all that. Like, even as you were talking about your daughter, Nick, you know, there's, there's no, I don't know of any female hockey teams and maybe there are, but there's not a, a major push for any of that. I remember the first time the ABL came up and I was like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> you know, and hearing about the first woman who was a referee in, in the NBA and that kind of gives you something to um, aspire to and know that something is possible. Cause other than that, you're fighting through a lot of oppositions. And so I think even when I was starting to step into ministry, there were very few women um, that you can look up to and see. And even now there's a few more, but you don't necessarily see that space has been created or even to say that there's the want. Um, and I think you guys said it perfectly versus just saying, well, we need them at the table. We all know that, but it's like, there's not a desire to even say, hey, let me go reach out and get this person at the table. One, because they add a different perspective, a different flair, and it provides uh, um, others to say like, oh, I can do that? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and that's, and that, that's, that tends to be our heart. When we were kind of talking about this topic, we really, we wanted to be sensitive because like we don't, like we were kind of saying in pre-record, like we don't sit in the shoes. Like yeah. we can, we can probably come up with a lot of other topics that we can kind of relate to. This we have no relation, right? It's all learning. But I, I we can have a, a mindset. We can have a paradigm that we want to be in, yeah. and that paradigm that I wanted us to be in is a thought that I think we where we need. We when I say we as the church, we need to be at is to say it's not that we just need them at the table, aka ministry. Yeah, because I think that can be kind of even. That's passive. That that to me, that's gonna almost be passive aggressive, or that can even be demeaning in a way. Like, oh, I guess we have to have them, mm -hmm. you know. But it's the fact that we want. There's a difference between need yeah. and want. That we want them at the table. That that is what you just said. Is going out and saying, "Hey, you're valuable. We want you at the table. We 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 want to hear from you. Absolutely. Um, we don't just need to hear." Mm -hmm. We want to hear from you. And I think that that is an important place that I think we can step into as the church to say, um, you know, how do we be better at wanting women at the table? Yeah. I, 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 I wish I could remember the podcast, but I was literally listening uh, to give them the shout out for this. But he literally said um, he, he gets to the end of, of this topic. Um, and if I can find it, maybe we'll put it in the show notes or something. But um, he gets into this topic and he just basically says, if, if we are trying to complete this mission of being the church that God set us out to be, mm -hmm. and we're doing it without women with us, we're just fighting this fight with one hand behind our back. And I, when, when, when he gave me that picture, I was like, Oh, wow. <laughs> Nobody walks into a fight 
just going like, I'm just going to try to take you down with yeah. one hand. Like no one, no one intentionally does that. And yeah. so when you gave me that, I was like, man, we don't just need them. We have to have them. So. Yeah. No, that's, that's really good. It's crazy. My husband has, you know, I'll bring up all these random people over and over, <laughs> but my husband talks, talks about that when we mentor couples because there was a time where it's like, I'm the man, I've got to figure this out. But then he realized like God provided me with the help me. And mm. so when I invite her in, of course, I've got to make the decision, but I invite her into this scenario. One, it's the greatest asset God has ever given me. And I think yeah. as a church, it's saying, hey, God has given us assets that we have to value uh, and see value in and, and be able to say like, man, we got we to gotta make sure that we have this. It's different to have the need versus the want. Like we know, um, and, and this is kind of uh, off key, but we know that we need to have diversity in the church. But if you say you need it and you don't desire it, then you're not intentional about it. Mm. It's just saying there's a need, but there's no desire, you know? Right. And so your heart doesn't match up with what you're trying to accomplish. Really yeah. Yeah. So in this topic, what is it that we men, like the three of us just talking to you, like, what is it that we need to know is your reality versus our reality? What are some things as you prepared for this conversation that, that you were like, you know what, we need to talk about this. Cause this is a practical thing that like you personally have gone through that us dudes have probably would never go through. Yeah, man. <laughs> I think, okay. So when I, uh, I, I was over creative before and then I came into next gen and uh, I, I got invited to come out somewhere and I don't think they knew me, but it was just a call through the church or whatever to come out to, uh, to uh, this event. And I went to go meet, you know, some of the different people and I was like, Oh, okay. It was very dismissive. Mm. Uh, and so, or if I'm going to, an event with my husband, they often think he's the youth pastor or he's the next gen pastor, or and I may be a kids pastor or something like that, or you're you're like the arm piece, <laughs> if yeah. I can say it that way. And so um, those times, I was telling uh, our uh, Bree, who's our chief uh, uh, operations, uh, uh, she oversees the staff, CF COS. So, uh, but I was telling her, I said, you know, it's. It's funny because I didn't prepare my mind for the fact that this is another male dominated area. And when I talk, most people are thinking kids or they're thinking my husband and my husband, he's, he's overseas a completely different department than mine. So he's not really engaging at that same level. And I either have to seem like I know it and, and you never want to be forceful, you know, of saying, no, it's, it's me, you know, but just having conversations. So I think um, it's, not quickly dismissing um, women when they come into the circle, um, but also not just automatically thinking, oh, you're just with kids, you know? Mm, yeah. uh, Cause that's, that's probably the one that I've gotten the most. And so it's not even, you don't even give me an opportunity to have a voice or to, or to right. voice in communication with you. Right. We, yeah. we have one of our pastors on staff. She, she goes over children's ministry prior, primarily, but she's also on our teaching team. And when she started stepping up how much she taught, people would ask, why is the children's ministry pastor up there first rather than anything else? But then she generally taught on Mother's Day. 
and we realize, man, we're, we're not going to give her Mother's Day anymore because it's it becomes, oh, we're just we're just putting a woman up there to put a, a woman up there, and that's there's no heart behind that. And we said, look, we're blacking that out from your calendar, and we're going to give you other dates so that that's not even people's minds. But yeah, it drives me nuts that we have to argue that that like no, like she's not just children's ministry. She's she's an amazing teacher, and we yeah. need her on that team. Yeah. So you brought up the the thought or you brought up the, the picture for us that when you go somewhere with your husband, that they immediately go to your husband. Mm-hmm. Right. E- even obviously they know your name was on the, the list, right. Of people to come, right. And it was invited, but they yeah. still, how, how does your husband maneuver that situation? How, how does, because you said that he, from the beginning, he got and told him that he was supposed to support you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really interested to like go, cause I want, I want to be better at that. You know, my wife might not be in actual mm-hmm. like hands-on ministry like we are, but I would still want to know how I can be better at even empowering her yeah. to, to be more upfront. <laughs> uh, just let them know. Oh no, <laughs> it's my wife, yeah. you know, and, and, and I'm really, I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's crazy because I'll do the same thing on a basketball court because we used to play all the time together. But like, it's that part of like letting me know, hey, you can hold your own, you know. And he won't try and be like, well, yeah, no, and just engage in conversation. But as I write them back, actually, I'm over a completely different, completely different department. This is her area, mm-hmm. you know. I think most people associate if a if a woman is doing something then she's doing it with her husband and he's the primary leader of whatever that is. Um, And that's the dynamic right now. We're both executive team members overseeing two different departments uh, and stuff. And so he's, he's real good with just rolling them back. No, it's her. Uh Who's the rapper? Oh, it's her. Oh, you know, (laughs) all of those, all of those different things. And just, you know, um, kind of putting, putting me out there as well. Um, you know, when he's engaging in conversation or there's an email that came through and, you know, they're looking like, hey, who's overseeing the youth? And he may get a random thing, you know, because we have the same last name. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've noticed it. Recently, I was at an event and I was there with my wife and people were talking to me about details and they were telling me like, here's where all the students are going to go and everything. And I was like, Oh, I'm not in charge. Like I'm just a volunteer for my wife. Like you, I don't know anything. Like I'm just a person like randomly here. I just came because they have a basketball court and I wanted to play. That's it. That's all my contribution is here. And so I I had, I noticed that as I was standing right next to her, I was like, Oh, you're talking to me and not her. And she's the, she's the leader. So I had to be like, okay, I had to, even exit the conversation i think just to make it make it easier because i was like i don't want this confusion to keep happening and so i had to voice it so i've i've noticed that on my end yeah i i was talking with some students last night and we were talking about this idea and i think it it, it rings true here along with a lot of some other things but there's the idea that there are being unity in diversity Mm -hmm. and we can think that we're unified but then like we're not really unified in all areas because we're not diverse, right. right? And you kind of brought up some, you know, whether it's whether it's women, right, mm-hmm. in in the in the place of, of ministry, or if it's 
if it's uh you know whether it's we need a, just anything like is it is it is it a race do we need do we need more multicultural presence or do, you yeah. know whether it doesn't matter what that is we can be more strength we can strengthen strengthen in unity yeah better right and then i think that's the point but my my question was to you is like what advice do you wish you were given before stepping into ministry <laughs> Because um, I, here I, I'm kind of like the reason I ask this question is because my again my daughter's too. And yeah. I hope that I leave my daughter well enough that she can sit in a seat like this, right? And that I, I would like to know that when my daughter shows up and says, "Dad, I want to do ministry," I want to be able to know like, what do I say? Yeah. Right? So maybe what what do you wish you would have been sold with? You know, what anything like that? Help help me out as a as a dad. <laughs> You know, um, man, I almost have to pull more from like the fact of becoming a mom mm. um, because that was probably, and this is my second go round, but I remember the, the first go round, I was like, how the heck do you do it all? Because what you hear in corporate America, because I was in corporate America for a while is, you know, you can't go up the ladder or up the chain. You can't do all these different things. And I called um, a lady that I knew. Her dad uh, was a pastor of a mega church, and um, she and her husband went and launched a church in another state and, and everything. And I was like, hey, can we talk? Um, and it, it helped me um, to figure out how to balance it all and not think that ministry has to be needed to be like the primary thing that the only way that I would be able to accomplish the thing that God called me to do was to neglect my family. Mm -hmm. And then I think this past year, um, last year, excuse me, we went to a conference and one of our friends, she said, you have to remember that your children are crazy for you. You know, I think one of the biggest responsibilities that we have is to, to steward um, our children, you know, and I constantly am like, okay, it, are they getting enough of my time, enough of my attention, you know, all of that. But as I was going in, nobody talked about that, mm. you know. And then even I think that that's probably one piece of advice. And then the other one is, um, man, stepping into ministry, that ministry is not for the faint of heart, mm. you know. And uh, you need to have the right people in your inner circle. Um, so that you can have time to let your hair down and you don't have to be on. Yeah. So you, like a community of people that would be surrounding you. Yeah. The people to, you can trust. And, right. Yeah. They can be your errands and hers. Like when you're, when you're literally in the darkest place of your life or you're struggling, you're able to arm them with what's going on without them being tainted by what's happening in ministry. Yeah. That's good. Mm. So, Listening to what you were saying, um, on top of that, when, when we came up with this topic, these two guys, immediately your name came up. And I, I had not known anything about you. I saw your Instagram, looked at that. The fact that you're, you, you're an executive pastor, you are a next-gen pastor, like you really are exactly what you were talking about, that you're the role model for, for girls going into this now. Um, so with that in mind, Man, what what is the number one thing that you would say to somebody that's questioning? Do I have what it takes to be in ministry? Because, like you said, it's not for the faint of heart. So, how do you encourage those those younger women to say, like, "Hey, this is a place where you can serve"? 
Um, I mean, it's kind of funny you said all, all of all of that uh, because I think in the last twelve to eighteen months, I still question. Mm. You know, um, and I'm I'm not doing everything um, that I feel like God has called me to do, um, but I constantly have to stay in front of His face you know, and asking and seeking and not shrinking back in the moments when I feel like I'm not good enough or I'm not adequate. Um, definitely the support system, you know, um, and some of the things more recently is knowing that I don't have to be anybody else. You know, I just have to be me. And uh, the way I typically phrase it is I just have to be and just have to be who God's created me to be. Um and not try to be anything different, you know. Um, but as long as I'm connected to the source, things are going to come. <laughs> uh, and as they come, be humbled and surrender it to God. Uh, I, I'm, we're going through this book in my in my B group uh, called Detours by Tony Evans, uh, and I'm loving reading it right now because oftentimes when um, when detours come up or, 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 or the plan doesn't go the way that you think it's supposed to go, uh, and especially if it's a long period of time that you're in some form of a trial or something like that, you begin to question God. And I posted that today, actually, an element of that, like, don't let the time frame cause you to question God to where you actually quit, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's probably one of the hardest things, but having community, having the right support, rehearsing what God says, um, about me and, and just constantly asking God, I thought you said this, but I can't look at the current circumstance um, or current or the current circumstance. And I also can't look at how I visioned it was supposed to be when ultimately it was his vision in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, and I may have my own way of how I thought it was supposed to happen and all of this. And when it doesn't happen that way, you can have a tendency not to embrace and enjoy where God has you at for this season to get everything he intends for you to get for the season. That's so. good. Oh, that is good. It's good. Man, um, can you just, we'll just give you the mic and just let you preach and we'll just. We're all like sitting on that. I'm just like, I, you keep talking. That's where <laughs> No, it was crazy because, like, uh, let me see. I think I want to say this was last year in February. I I was so discouraged. Actually, it was probably two major times where I was um, discouraged. One was in October, and I had never felt so much like a failure. We were I'm, I'm launching this internship, and I remember yeah. sitting in the office, and we're like, okay, we're gonna have to put a pause to it, and. Um, not that I haven't failed at other things in the past, you know, I'm a go-getter. So I don't like the F word <laughs> for that matter. Um, but, uh, but I, I just, I remember going, leaving out of there and I called my husband and I couldn't get into all the details, but I said, Hey, I'm really struggling right now. feeling like a failure mm. and not trying to own that. And I called one of my good friends uh, here in the city. She's, absolutely awesome and a ridiculous creative but called her armed her and then my best friend and i spent that whole weekend wrestling with that mug uh, which is why i say like when we talk about it at tc our secret sauce is prayer but i literally mm-hmm. wrestled with god of just like i'm feeling like a failure like i remember waking up uh <laughs> and just like god like this is crazy this is like i don't get it and then uh in february i went through a heavy uh, discouragement, almost into depression kind of deal, 
you know, like, God, what are you calling me to do? Is this what you call, am I doing it right? Or am I messing up? Is it, you know, all of these different things. Uh, and, you know, again, equipping that, that community and that support um, around me was, was vital, you know, to coming out of it and, and stuff like that. So, so you, you've brought up a couple of different times, very in, in like the past couple paragraphs of what you've just said, but you brought up the, the idea of community. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that we've met yeah. because of a community, because of, of a network that, that goes on here. And, and um, just by, I, honestly, just being, I, actually, I just knocked on your door, basically. And, yeah. and they, side note, they pulled her out of like a staff meeting for me. <laughs> I did not ask for that. Um, I was willing to wait forever. Um, but anyway. They, you came out and uh, we got to talk then and we ended up getting to have, uh, you know, just a, a coffee and we began to talk. And I know you came and got to experience a, a network or community yeah. because that's our world, because that's what we do. What is like an, a key advice mm-hmm. you can give to us as networkers, as people of that work in this, this role of trying to build communities of youth pastors? What key advice can we have to network women better? Like, not, not that they have their own network. Yeah. That's not the goal. Yeah. That they are part, that we need them at that table. Or no, wait, sorry, we want them at yeah. that table. So how do we do that? Key advice of maybe something we can do. Um, I think, one, of course, having the desire, but being inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, from the standpoint of, uh, I remember <laughs> even, even, you know, as being a young adult and getting older, um, I'll hear about a, go- a, a guy's basketball thing. Won't even get asked, you know, and, and, but I've played ball, but they don't, you don't know whether I would come to something or that it comes something like come to something like that or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, and I think, you know, in, at least here, I personally don't know, of too many females in youth ministry. Um, I've met some in kids, you know, but it's kind of like, hey, is there a casting net to figure that out or mm. whatever? Like I ran into a, a, a female youth pastor from Texas the other week and I was like, oh, <laughs> that's, that's right. interesting, you know? And so um, it, it's a hard one. I think even in a, in a shape of community is it's, it's being able to feel like you're involved and you're included once you get there. Um, I think you told me about like uh, one lady came and she was like, yo, you got to get more women here. Yeah, she did. You know? And I, I think like that's the first part of saying, well, if you know some, invite them. And mm-hmm. hey, if you guys have some people in your organization that you know feel called to it, whatever it is, mm-hmm. in, invite them. Right. Um, and I, I think it, it also has to come um Somewhat from the top down, you know, within organizations. I think mm-hmm. our organization we have a a, a lot on our executive team uh, and stuff, and so we're trying to balance it out in general. But uh, you know, just from that element, is like who who's out there that are that are females that are in ministry or specifically in youth ministry. So okay. yeah, I think what what kind of stood out to me in this whole conversation is being the guy who's in full-time ministry with students right now, um, what you, what you have talked about struggling with, um, those moments where you just question, are you good enough? Like 
I'm right there with you. Like, I, there, this is not a issue of guy versus girl. This is just someone who's in ministry. And, yeah. and to me, what I picked up in this of for our network, which for the first time since I've been in this role, um, last week we had a female who's um, stepping into a volunteer role where they don't have a staff member. So she's, she really is the leader of that ministry. I need to make sure what the, the same things I would with anyone else that she's recognized that she's seen that she's heard and that she's being poured into in the same way as anyone else. And I mean, that, that's what it sounded like to me when you're saying that in that network, man, just recognize that I play basketball too. And that I have mm. a passion in that too. Just see that I'm at the table and, and engage me. Um, so I'm going to spin a question that we don't have written down at all. Um, but I'm curious because what that sounded like to me was, man, when I'm, when I feel drained, when I'm, I'm not engaged or I'm questioning where I'm, whether I'm called to this or not, cause I'm in that all time in my life, what refills you um, and what, what keeps you going in ministry? Man. Um, the wise, I think it's um, what keeps me real refueled. Um, it's my time with my family, my time with God, obviously, but my time with my family and my friends, um, and having fun. I love what my term would be like frolicking in the fields, yeah. <laughs> you know, of just like having fun, like a sunny day that we had out here the other day, it, man, and I don't have to worry about anything else. It helps me. Um, when I look at last night, I had a meeting with, with some of our, our youth leaders and I love being able to speak, pour in, and share um, what's on my heart or what God is speaking to me. That's a, another element that I'm, I get charged up, you know, and um, I think those are probably like the things, you know, administrative stuff drains the heck out of me, but I'm a creative, uh, but I'll do it, you know. <laughs> oh, I got you there. <laughs> so, so you're saying a, you're a youth ministry person at heart. That's all I heard of that of all Man. of us struggle in the admin i feel that's the <laughs> yeah 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 you know I, I, it's crazy because like when you can pour into somebody and see the transformation and see them grow like it's i mean the only way i can say it is like it's money you know there's nothing like it to go especially when you talk about youth ministry uh even when you talk about uh young adults it's like, okay, I'm trying to be consistent and we're walking. And one day they're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel, play right, song, right. you know, <laughs> at that moment. And so you see the, the growth that, that, uh, that somebody has gone through. That is like, that's, I, I guess that's partly really what keeps me going. It's mm. like, man, to see these people on the other side of where they're currently at. Yeah. Yeah, but don't ask us to like fill out a form to for track and receipts and stuff. That forget that. Man, that's facts. Oh, man. Dusty and I, Dusty and I have special days that we have to set aside on our calendar as admin days. Yeah. And we we have to call each other for support to go, hey, you can get through it. I got you. I feel you on this. And it's the same thing when we're in ministry, right? It's like, hey, that kid's having a hard time and like we're dealing with some rough stuff or things in our family, right? Like yeah. things are going on at home and we're going like, I just don't have the energy to show up today and to have somebody to lean on. So you, you mentioned community. 
what has been what has been your community? Where have you found that? What's that been like for you to to be in that like that tight tight knit group? Yeah. Um you know, um my husband and I, we have a pretty doggone transparent relationship. Um, and I say that because I don't feel like, at least in a lot of our counseling or, you know, mentoring, I don't see as much transparency as we have. And I call mm -hmm. it, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly. We get it all. Like, sure. if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm like, hey, am I struggling with pride? Or like, dude, I just lied to you the other day because I totally hit a car. And I didn't <laughs> want you to know that. <laughs> like, that was several years back. <laughs> BC days. <nah. laughs> it did happen, but it was BC days. Like, I was like. I did something bad, but I can't tell you. Uh, just give me a moment <laughs> or whatever. But, uh, you know, uh, so my husband is definitely one. We've worked really, really hard to be transparent in both the things that we struggle with, as well as yeah. the degrees, um, and creating that the space of grace, you know, mm. for those conversations. I call it the safety place. Um, mm. My best friend, I really think that that was a God-ordained relationship um, where I can bear all, share all. Um, I just believe that you have to have people around you that are um, that are those folks. And and the other side of that is that I just prayed for it. Um, and then you kind of got to know who you can share certain things with, especially, you know, when you're in certain leaderships and stuff like that. Um, and so that's probably why I can share, mm, what, 150% with my husband right. uh, right. and stuff and, and, uh, and still be honorable to God you know, and what we're able to discuss. And then um, just friends that like to kick it and have fun. I'm super spontaneous. I love the outdoors. So if you're trying to be a homebody with me, it, it's going to get to me like, nah, we got to go to a park. We got to go to a food truck thing or whatever. Um, I can't find too many people, uh, well, women anyway, uh, to go and work out with me. Right now I can't work out the way that yeah. I want to. Desi has seen my, some of my old videos. Yeah. But I love HIT workout, workouts. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. and stuff like that. So me and my husband get a chance to do that. And sometimes some of our friends will come, but too many of them can't stick around. So yeah. no. <laughs> I was along with that. I was, my mom is, is that same way. Like there are women she's tried and they, they can't run with her. So like she and I will go do stuff, Yeah, you know, and it's, she feels alone in it at times. Cause she's like, I don't, nobody can hang with me, you know, or whatever. And so, um, whereas like for me, I can go and find a guy and it's like, Oh yeah, I, I can just point in a direction and find somebody sort of thing. And, um, as you talked about that, I was like, there's another reality for us that is just different for some reason. Yeah. Um, I had another question and it escaped me. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's interesting too. We we're talking about the exercise deal. Uh, boss kind of even used, but I'll, I'll bring that back to this topic. Yeah. Like men in ministry can like point in a room of a conference and hit and find someone to connect with. Yeah. You know, you point your finger in a room, you're going like, you got to stand up. <laughs> you're like, I want to stand up on stage and make sure I can just like, you, you know, you got to find. And I think, man, I would love to see that that as that starts to to be a thing, right? Mm -hmm. And that that we we I hope that our networks can be something that's better. Just say we want them here that they come out of that the, yeah. the shadows a little bit more to where it's not that much of a like that's not the reality. To so, you know, I, I mean, we're here in mm -hmm. Tulsa, and I would I hope to to have 
a space, not just that you, you know, you don't walk in and you can go, Oh, you know, <laughs> and it's, it's just as much as a place for you to connect yeah. as anybody else. Right. Yeah. It's not, it, it's not about men versus women. It's like, I want to come here because I need to be, I need, I need, and I want to be at the table. Yeah. Right. And so I think that that's important. Um, yeah. As we, as we get ready to close up and, and close up this conversation, Julia, is there anything, is there anything else that like maybe we didn't, we didn't ask that you were maybe waiting for us to ask, or maybe something that just been on your heart where you're like, I need to share this. Um, man, uh, not really. I think, um, you know, I'll share kind of like what was on my heart yesterday. I was listening to this message over and over again. And I think, uh, it was in reference to, uh, who, who was this? Joshua, uh, taking the Israelites across the Jordan and before they went into Jericho. Uh, and it just talked about, um, or not it talked about, but in that story, uh, one of the things that kind of stood out was, um, did it take more faith for the Israelites to cross over the Jordan or to stay in that wandering land before they took over Jericho? And, uh, and it's simply because, you know, they had to be consecrated, uh, but they were in their weakest state, you know, but uh, they had to completely and fully trust in God uh, when they were the most vulnerable, you know, but it yeah. was directly connected to their obedience to God that they were in a vulnerable space to trust God. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in youth ministry, uh, <laughs> in ministry period, you have a lot of vulnerable a time that you're vulnerable, you know, uh, where me and my husband are at right now. <laughs> I listened to that. And once I got it, cause I listened to it like 40,000 times. Uh, but once I got it, I was like, dang, this is really where we're at right now in our lives of like, God, you said this, we're questioning all of these things, but we out here vulnerable. Like we can almost be taken out at any moment. Like, right. you know, but um, I think even in being a, a, a woman in ministry, is trusting God with all your heart all the way through, have the community and, and the support. Um, and I think for you guys, equipping, equipping other men to say, hey, do you ever think about how you're, you're training up other women in your ministry space, you mm -hmm. know, and, and not looking at them as being an admin person, mm -hmm. you know, that's oftentimes where you kind of get in there you know and so I, I think that's that's good i think like i said dusty to you earlier i think it was great when there was other women that were there at the table and it's just interesting because you can kind of see like hey i want to be more but i don't feel like anybody's looking for me to be more or will allow me to be more i interviewed a girl who was like so it seems like y'all are okay with women being pastors and so i was kind of taken back a little bit but i was like oh yeah, that's really a thing. It mm. is a, you know, a, a thing in many um, organizations and across the board. Like if you're a female, you're going to be in the kids area or you're going to only be called to speak on when it's Mother's Day mm. or if there's something children related. Other than that, change diapers, mm. feed babies, be a nanny. You know what I'm saying? In a, in a sense from, from that world. But um, I think being able to put a value to it and like, God, we desire to have the fullness of what you called us to be. And so we need to be diverse hmm. on all spectrums. Solid. Yeah. Solid. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. 
You know, as, as we end, we, we say this every time, we just, we want to make sure no matter what the topic, you know, Julia shared her ways of, of ways of being refilled. If you don't have those, you'll, you'll be done with this game before you even got it started. And so whether you've done this for 15 years, whether you've done this for one, make sure that you are constantly finding ways to be refilled. We want, we want to continue this conversation with you. Um, we're, we have a space uh, on our website. If you'll go to nnym.org backslash blog, if you heard something on this topic and you just kind of want to react, like write a, um, just a reaction piece or a response piece to this, we want to hear your voice. You can click this, the, the button on that that says add article. That will, that will hit our page. And we just want to, we want to be able to give you that voice too. So if, if you're a, a woman in ministry and you want to continue to talk more about this, please, please write us in. Yeah. And we also, another way that we want you to be connected is through a community of youth leaders in your area. And we have that on our website. So go to nnym.org and you can find a community in your area to, to plug in with right away so that you can be refilled on a monthly basis, more than just here, but in your daily life. Um, and we ultimately want this podcast to be a free refill for you, uh, the youth worker um, who's hurting, who's thriving. And um, at whatever stage you're at, we want to hear from you because you have a lot to say. So write us at free refills podcast at nnym.org. We want you to focus on first and foremost, pouring into yourself so that you can pour out to others. Julia, thank you so much for your, this time that you've spent with us in this conversation. And I've learned a lot through um, just our conversation. And I'm excited about the continual conversations that we have and the way that this plays out in youth ministry and in, in ministry and in the Big C Church and how this is going to impact it. So we're so grateful for you. Most definitely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, y'all. Until next time. Peace. Until next time, boss. Thanks for having me, man.